0: CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall, your host for another story of the macabre. The word itself, macabre, suggests the unusual, the bizarre, the unexplainable. And the source of these stories of the macabre is you. Because each of us has been afraid of something, real or imagined, awake or in a nightmare. Did Laura Veer, who lives in Chatham on Cape Cod, imagine what happened to her? Or was it a real experience? Her husband, Will, middle-aged and semi-retired, was skeptical.
1: Laura, it
2: just doesn't make sense. All the same, it's true, Will. I know exactly what those bequests are. What men will leave for her daughter and a distant cousin, me, Dr. Regan. How could you possibly know that? She was here, and she
1: told me. She could not have been here. And you know that as well as I.
0: Our mystery drama, The Red Circle, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Roy Windsor, and stars Anne Petoniak and Robert Dryden. It is sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division and General Electric Citizen Band Radios. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Conversation, you will admit, is usually limited to the exchange of ordinary information. We talk about the weather and rising prices, an invitation, children... Ordinary, everyday subjects talked over and over again without much change. Then, something unusual happens. Someone you know is a lottery winner. Or your son or daughter comes home and says, I'm married. Or out of the blue, you open the door and there, to your surprise, is a friend you haven't seen for years. And that's what's happening to Laura Veer. Yes,
2: yes. Coming. Min! Hello, Laura. Why, Min Wilkins. I have never been so surprised. It's been several years. Come on in. Come in. Oh. Now, let me look at you. Why are you here? Are you still living in Lowell? How, oh, Carol? here. <laughs> this room's the same and you ain't changed, Laura. I always liked the room thought about you a lot. Oh, I wrote you several times after you and Clyde left the case. I know. I was never much at writing. Well, when I didn't hear from you, I was afraid that somehow I'd offended you. Oh, no, no. Nothing like that. No. We were friends from when we were girls. And (laughs) even after you married Will and I married Clyde, whom Will didn't care much for. Well, we remain friends. Tell me, what brought you back to Chatham? Is with oh, no, no. I'm all alone. Are you staying? Because if you oh, are... no, I... no, I'm not staying. I just came to see you. Oh, men. I am so happy that you did. And Chatham. The lighthouse and the beach and the school and... Oh, just the town and how I remember it. How How's Carol? Married to a nice man named Thompson. Which was good, to get her away from that house. Oh, does that mean that Clyde and... Oh, Clyde is cruel, Laura. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Is he still working at Oh, that... no. No, he went to Boston because he found work. But then he took another job, and now he's kind of a handyman. Uh, Men, I'll prepare some tea. Oh, no, please. You like my suit? Oh, yes, it's very nice. Uh, checks are very becoming. Carol <laughs> bought it for me. Uh, she lives in Lowell? No, no, in Boston. She's never in Lowell. Will you come to visit me, Laura? It's a nice town. Oh, sure. Of course. Next week? Well, I suppose I can get away. Is is it urgent? Is is something the matter, Min? Well, it's the bequests and that sideboard from my mother you always liked. Pardon me? I don't understand. Well, the sideboard is for you. And the dining room set, which is antique, goes to Carol... Along with her old bedroom furniture and the poster bed. Min! And my silver, which you and Will gave me, and I want my sister to have that. And then there's a cedar chest. And it goes to the neighbor woman who is the widow because... Lynn, please stop this talk. Bequest. Now, what kind of talk is that? My goodness, we're the same age and I'm not thinking about dying at 54. Now, you just stop. You just give me the ship. It's all in my will. All right. In twenty years or so, those requests will be made. I hid it. Oh, wasn't that foolish. Oh no. It's under a lot of money, and it's what my father gave me and what I saved. Applied it to nobody. Oh no. No, only me and you. Then I think you should confide in Carol. You'll find it and take care of everything, Laura. Then just let me prepare some tea. No, thank you. You do like my suit. Oh, yes, very much. The jacket isn't too tight, is it? Does it rub against your throat? No. Oh, because of the red circle, you mean. Yes. Well, it's an allergy made the circle on the neck. An allergy to to what? Well, I guess you might say gold. Men talked in a strange way, Will, and... All she could talk about were bequests. It was spooky.
1: Men? Ah, oh, I always found her pretty down to earth. Even after she married that good-for-nothing Clyde
3: Wilkins.
1: For your sake, I'm sorry men moved away, but nobody misses Clyde. Oh, silent, disagreeable man. Is he working?
2: Uh-huh, as a carpenter. She wants me to visit her next week. What for? Next week. Oh, for old times' sake. You know, I don't really want to go, but I feel obligated. Can you drive me up?
1: <laughs> Why not? Real estate's slow right now, and Betty can handle anything that comes in. Sure, sure. You name the day, and I'll loaf around Cambridge. Oh, thank you, Will.
2: I really don't want to go.
1: Her visit upset you, didn't it?
2: Talk about death. is always gloomy, telling me who gets what when she dies, and where she's hidden her will, the money. What? what what's that? Oh, I don't want to bore you with all that she said. I... No, I'd like to hear.
1: I'm not so sure you should pay her a visit. She sounds a little crazy. Oh,
2: where do you hear? By the way, how'd
1: she get here? Drive?
2: No. I said goodbye and walked out with her, but there was no car in the driveway.
1: Bus? Uh, There aren't many scheduled trips from Boston, Laura. She must have come by car.
2: Isn't that funny? I have no idea how she got here. Laura. Yes, Will? I work all day. Oh, come on. You played golf this afternoon, Will. Don't try to fool me. I'll let me see the mail. And you took a nap. And why not? I missed the postman. I admit, but it's mostly junk mail. Well, look here. Look at the return address.
1: Ah, uh, uh, Carol Thompson. Who's she?
2: Min's married daughter. Oh, sure. Carol
1: and married. <laughs> she was a nice girl. Well, what does
2: Carol have to say? Uh, probably thanking me for her mother's visit. Mins, no writer. <laughs> Let me see. Dear Mrs. Vere, as a dear friend of my mother, she would want you...
3: to
2: know... Will. What's the matter? Read. Read what Carol says.
1: Ah. Uh, and man of mother's would want... <clears throat> you know that she died on the second of the month and was buried privately two days later. I am married, and... Wait a minute. Min Wilkins died on the second of the month, and this is the
2: 15th. And you say she visited you three days ago? She did. She did. She sat right here in this living room, and she remembered liking it and talked about the quest. Oh, Will. Now, now,
1: now. Take it easy. Catch your breath.
2: You don't believe me.
1: Uh, Well, how
2: can I? But, but Will, it's true.
1: it can't be true, Laura. The woman was dead and buried three weeks ago. She couldn't have called on you just three days ago.
2: But she did. I can see her now sitting right there in that chair in her new check suit. You
1: dreamed it. No, Will, I did not. Darling, it had to be a dream or a nightmare or something. Will,
2: I can see her sitting there and talking in an odd way. Preoccupied with death. I swear it's true, Will.
1: Now, make makes sense, Laura. What you're saying is impossible to believe. Will.
2: Oh, my God. What am I going to do?
3: You're going to
1: forget the whole thing. The bequests, Carol, Clyde Wilkins, all of it. Oh, we'd better talk to Lamb Regan.
2: I don't need a doctor.
1: Okay, then forget what you dreamed. I didn't dream it.
2: Min Wilkins was here.
1: Well, yeah, in okay. Takes care of the letter from Min's daughter.
2: Well, I need her address. No.
1: Now, please. I won't have you writing and upsetting her. we the subject. Now, let's forget it.
4: Carol?
2: Yes? What is it, Father?
4: Who telephoned? I have a right to know. I pay the bill. Who was it?
2: Mrs. Laura Beer.
4: What's that old busybody want? She called from Chatham?
2: Uh Uh-huh.
4: I wish I'd answered and I'd tell her where to head in.
2: Oh, Mrs. Veer is an educated, kind woman. She was Mother's best friend and she was always nice to me. Or have you forgotten?
4: What'd she want?
2: She thanked me for writing to her.
4: You did? What about?
2: Mother's sudden death. I've written to her other friends, too.
4: Less said about it, better.
2: I think she's coming up for a visit.
4: No, she isn't. I don't want to her hear.
2: You don't have to see her. I will.
4: I thought you was going home. Got rid of all men's clothes and her other junk.
2: I'll leave as soon as the movers have come and gone. The bedroom said I had as a girl. Mrs. Veer said Mother told her that I was to have it.
4: When did your mother say that? She ain't seen this stuck up friend for years.
2: She saw her a few days ago. Mrs. Veer said Mother left a will.
4: Oh yeah. Nice news to me. A will? That's got to be read out by a lawyer. She couldn't afford
2: that. W- what about the dining room set? It's an antique, and mother wanted me to have it.
4: So you say.
2: You're selling the house and moving into Yeah.
4: Moving into where? Go ahead, say it. I know what you're thinking. I don't want to hear no more about Miss Veer and your mother's will when there isn't one. You grabbing this and that. The night.
2: She described the suit I gave to mother, the check suit. How could she know about that suit?
4: She couldn't. Your mother hadn't seen her for years.
2: Mother visited Mrs. Veer a few days ago. Get
4: out, Carol. Go home before I lose my temper.
2: Mrs. Veer swears she talked to Mother a few days ago. Have you
4: lost your mind? Your mother's been dead and buried for over three weeks. Let her rest in peace.
2: I don't see how she could.
0: As Samuel Johnson said to Boswell, it is still undecided whether or not there has ever been an instance of the spirit of any person appearing after death. All argument is against it, but all belief is for it. That may be the problem here. Did a woman three weeks dead visit a friend only a few days ago? We'll unravel the problem a little more when I return shortly. It's possible to have a dream which is so vivid that you would swear it happened. Or that you knew it would happen. That's why a person says to himself, I know that this has happened to me. I know I've been here before. Or... That face is very familiar. Mrs. Veer had a visit from her old acquaintance, Mrs. Wilkins. Or was it a visitation? It had to be the latter. But who could believe Mrs. Veer?
1: Laura, I really wish you wouldn't go up low. I have to. Will you still drive me up? I don't have a choice, do I? Besides, now that you've talked to Carol, I don't want you going into that house alone. Wilkins is sure to be ugly.
2: I am not afraid of Clyde Wilkins. You'd better be. Oh? Why?
1: If you still insist that Min Wilkins came to visit... She did? I didn't dream it, Will. And you saw an apparition. The woman was dead, Laura. I
3: suppose so.
1: But I don't believe in ghosts. Neither do I, but say it was a ghost. Why did it appear to you? I don't know.
2: Unless it appeared to tell me something.
1: Uh, What do you think that might be?
2: Well, a warning of some kind?
1: Perhaps that men didn't die a natural death. Well... I mean it. Men was murdered? Do you know what caused the death? Did Carol tell you? No. Clyde Wilkins is a mean, devious man.
2: Well, but he'd never commit murder.
1: You can't say that about anyone, my dear. Now, here's my point. If Min... Now, now, don't interrupt, please. If Min appeared to you, it was for a purpose. Well, all right. She invited you to visit in Lowell. Right. Where you'd become entangled with Wilkins. I'll just... Tell him about Min's visit. Mm. He won't be as understanding as I am about what she said, Laura. That's why I'm going with you. Will, you make me feel afraid. Well, if Clyde murdered Min and you suspect him, you should be afraid. If he didn't, he'll still be abusive. Either way, it won't be a pleasant visit. That's why I'll ask Lem Regan to go with us.
2: Why, a doctor...
1: And he's also the official police doctor. And he has a permit to carry a
4: gun.
3: Well, I must say, Laura, it's about as strange a story as I've ever heard.
1: Lamb, it's the truth. Well, let's say it's the truth as you see it.
3: You, you doubt men's appearance, Will?
1: Well, to be honest, and without meaning to offend my dear wife, of course...
3: Don't you? Well, I uh, I don't believe men visited Laura because, realistically, it was impossible. Still, Laura insisted that she did. And then there's the matter of the bequests.
1: Huh? I don't follow
3: that. Well, Laura's been very specific about them. What goes to this person and that, and, you know, like that? Mm, well,
1: maybe. But Laura's known men all their lives. Laura's always liked that sideboard. I'm sure she heard Min talk about what she wanted Carol to have. Mm,
3: a subconscious catalog of who gets what when she dies. Correction. Now that Min is dead. You uh, you do agree with that, don't you, Laura?
2: That Min is dead? Mm. Yes. Carol said so. Now say that Will is correct. That... No. I won't say it. I couldn't have known about that. Why? Just skip it.
3: Uh, have you remember something? I,
2: just, I'd rather not say. Why not? It might be important. I think it is. Well, then, then... No, I'll tell both of you later. For now, it's my secret. Why are you being so mysterious? Well, you've been indulging me. And Lem's just being polite. But he doesn't really believe that men called on me. Well, you'll see. Both of you. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'll check the upstairs in the kitchen.
1: What was that all about? You know something, Will?
3: I'm convinced.
1: Well, I'm not. It's nerves. She had a bad scallop.
3: No, no. Laura's in good health, and there isn't a bad scallop anywhere around here. You know, I'm convinced of something else. Your theory.
1: If you accept the mad premise of the visit, it could make sense. Mm. You remember Clyde Wilkins? Yeah, not a trustworthy man. He could have murdered her.
3: If she was murdered, we don't know, but I think that Laura does.
2: Carol, my dear. Hello, Mrs. Veer. Uh, Come in. He's not here. Thank you for seeing me, Carol. Oh, I'm so glad you telephoned and came up. I'm fascinated by what you told me. My father wasn't, of course. What a nice house men had. Did you drive up alone? Uh, no, Will drove me. And uh Dr. Regan... Do you remember him from Chatham? Oh, sure. Why didn't they come in? Well, if your father had been... Oh, I get it. Your troops... Oh, Will was afraid. That... sure father would be sure to be nasty, but he wouldn't harm you. Your father must think I'm deluded. Do you? I don't know what to think. You can't have seen mother in the past week. Carol, I did. If you don't believe that, why did you permit me to come up? Well, say it's because there's no way you could have known about that check suit. It was new, I bought it for her at Easter. A patterned green check on gray wool with a pleated skirt and a jacket with small notched lapels. That's it. And a white blouse with a plunging neckline. Men look very nice. You have very good taste, Carol. And you saw her. You must have. May may I ask what you talked about? Well, your mother did the talking. Was she sad? Yes. Strange and... Yes, I thought she looked and sounded sad. Oh, it's been hard for her. There's a neighbor, a uh, a widow. Carol, let me ask you a question. Was your mother allergic to any kind of metal, say to to gold, not that I know of? Well, when she visited me, there was a red half-circle around her neck from a gold choker, she said. A red half-circle, angry looking. Can you explain it? Not so you'll believe it, Mrs. Veer. I am ready to believe anything. I even think I know what you're going to say. Did Min die an unnatural death, Carol? She... She was murdered. (sighs) I thought so. Someone cut her throat. Yes. Your... Your father? I I I don't know. You didn't read about it. No, of course you didn't. We hushed it up as best we could. The verdict was suicide. You don't believe that, Carol. Oh, I'd like to, but but no. Mother'd never do that and and that way. No. Someone murdered her. If the police think that Oh, they asked a lot of questions, of course, and and picked up one hoodlum for questioning for the motive. I know. My father and the neighbor woman, but but I, I don't want to think that. He'd been a miserable husband to her, but murder, that that's too much. The widow could be one motive. And there's another, Carol. What is it? The will. Oh, the bequest. More than that. Oh? Much more than that. Now, I can't tell you until I've talked to my husband and to Dr. Regan. Why not? If your mother's secret became known, there could be more violence.
4: So you sneaked her in behind my back.
2: Your supper's on the kitchen table.
4: I told you I didn't want that Miss Via in my house.
2: How could I turn her away?
4: Easy. Tell her to go away.
2: Anything else? I'm leaving.
4: Did you move or strip the place?
2: I canceled them.
4: Is that so? Well, Dandy, you don't want your bedroom set?
2: I don't want anything. I've seen the last of this prison and of you.
4: Dandy. That's gratitude.
2: Gratitude? You dare use that word after grinding mother down to nothing? Treating her like a poor relation, leading your double life?
4: Watch your mouth, Carol. What?
2: You'll take care of me, too?
4: Don't tempt me. You admit it. I admit nothing.
2: You murdered mother.
4: You're a fool. Who put such a notion into your head? That busybody, Miss Veer?
2: She saw the red half-circle on Mother's neck.
4: She cut her own throat.
2: I don't believe it.
4: I don't care what you believe. subject's closed.
2: Not if I have my way. Mother's will.
4: Oh, come off it. There is no will. Yes, there is, and that's
2: why. Night after night, you keep on searching the house from attic to cellar. Go away,
4: Carol. And
2: there's something else. Mrs. Veer said so. Some secret of Mother's.
4: What secret?
2: I don't know. She was afraid to tell me.
4: She'd better be. You tell that busybody, if she ever shows up here again, I'll cut her throat.
2: I think you would. She knows that. That's why I think she'll go to the police.
4: Let her. She'll make a fool of herself.
2: Or have you arrested for murder.
3: Ah, there's Laura, Will. Ah, I see it.
1: Evening, my
2: dear.
3: Hello, dear. Uh, Did you have
1: any luck? Well, thanks to Lamb, we had an audience with the police commissioner.
3: And it was an audience. (laughs) We explained that as friends of Min Wilkins, we had our doubts about her sudden death.
2: Uh, Did you tell him about her visit to me?
3: Uh, No,
1: my dear. Even if Lamb and I are a little weak in the head and believe you, the commissioner never would, we skipped Min's visitation and talked hard back. What are they? Well,
3: on the second of the month, Mrs. Wilkins was found in her kitchen with her throat cut. Oh.
2: Who found her? Clyde Wilkins. Uh huh. Of course. Now, why didn't they arrest him? Well, he has an alibi.
3: He was at the Copper Penny Bar with a friend of his, uh, uh, Johnny Moe. That
2: doesn't mean anything. Now, when was she murdered?
3: Well, the police doctor places the time of death between six and seven o'clock that night. Uh
2: huh. So she was up and around. That's funny. Was there any sign of a struggle? Now, we asked
3: that.
1: No, it wasn't the police are inclined to think that Min took her
3: own life. Well,
2: I don't believe that.
3: Uh, I can't say I do either.
2: What strikes me as odd is why there were no signs of a struggle. Now, Min was awake and dressed. Where was her body found? In the kitchen. See, the person who murdered her must have been known to her. It wasn't a stranger. It had to be Clyde. He's a strong
3: brute. Mm, yeah, I'd say quiet, but the alibi... An is...
2: alibi can be bought, Lem.
3: Yeah. Well, it's a muddle. It is. The police are letting it die down. Well,
2: I'm not. Now, there's something I know that I haven't told you. Let's have it. Min had a hiding place somewhere in the house. I know where it is because she told me. And I know what she had hidden. The will and a considerable amount of cash hidden with it. Which Clyde wanted to get his hands on. Mm. Lem, does Clyde Wilkins know you? Would he recognize you? I
3: don't know. I doubt it. He he never was a patient of mine, and I grew his mustache a year ago. Why?
2: Are you willing to do something illegal? Laura, what a thing to ask. you stay out of this, Will? Uh, I want to trap the person who murdered my friend. Well, I'm for that. The hidden will and the money, those two things... What somebody's afraid will be found by me
1: I said you'd be in danger if you didn't drop this fool
2: investigation.: I know that. I admit that I was afraid about Clyde. Now it's Clyde and two others will. One of the murdered men, and I want that person caught and charged. Mm.
0: following a trail which may lead to the person who murdered Minnie Wilkins. What's unusual is that the pursuer Laura Veer insists that Minnie visited her weeks after Minnie was dead and buried. Is that credible? Ours is an age of science and we have dismissed the idea of ghosts. But legends persist and perfectly normal persons have seen things, heard them. Felt a chill wind in a closed room. So, we will go on with Act Three shortly. What is a ghostly presence? Some say it's the thought shell of an earthbound mind. Or to simplify it, put it this way. It's a record left in the air, in space, by passions existing in the past. Some persons may have the ability to see apparitions to whom they appear and are very real. Some, like those who possess extrasensory perception, are receptive to those airborne passions existing in the past and can make them materialize. Well, so be it. That's what we're dealing with here. It is the next morning and Dr. Lem Regan rings the doorbell of Clyde Wilkins'
4: house.
3: Yeah, what you want? <clears throat> uh, gas company. i come to read the meter. Oh. Well, I'm just going off to wood. Oh, it won't take long. All right, well, then come in and hurry it up. I can close the door behind me. Oh, no, none of that. I stay till you go. Okay, uh, the, the door of the basement, uh. Oh, there. Off this hallway. Haven't you been here before? Oh, sure. Sure. The lady used to leave the downstairs basement door open, but it's locked, so I. Okay, said... get it over with.
4: Hop in,
2: Lim. Yeah. Check down and yeah. get rid
3: of that jacket, Lamb. All right. Oh. Everything go all right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It worked perfectly.
2: You found the hiding place. Oh,
3: I'll never understand how you knew where it was, Laura. But I found it and planted your note. Now, what next?
2: Look, well, I think I know what's going to happen. Not another visit from an apparition. No, this is just common sense. You'll see. I want to get to a telephone and speak to Carol. Well,
3: I hope she'll cooperate. Oh,
2: she will. You can bet your boots Carol wants her mother avenged. Well?
4: Well, what?
2: I never thought I'd see you again.
4: I'd like to speak to you. Okay, if I come in. Come ahead. Where's Miss Via?
2: How should I know? Back in Chatham, I suppose. What do you want to know?
4: I wish you'd talk to her for me.
2: No way. You hate her.
4: No. No, I don't. I only said she's a busybody, and she is. But I've got to find something out. She said there was a will. That your mother had some things written down about...
2: Bequest. Yes, you didn't believe her.
4: Uh, The old frump knows something.
2: What's so important about the will? Keep everything for yourself. Maybe the widow will want them.
4: There's money there, Carol. Where? Your mother squirreled away money somewhere in the house. Probably where she hid the will.
2: So that's what you've been looking for. Not the will, the money. And you want Mrs. Fear to tell you where to look. That's the last thing she'd do.
4: She'd tell you? Mm,
2: Maybe she would. Or maybe she's already told the police.
4: Huh? What for?
2: It's an unsolved murder. But the police don't give up. They'll get the person who murdered Mother.
4: I'll give you half the money, Carol.
2: Half of what? What? You don't even know if there is money or how much.
4: Min got a chunk from your grandfather. Maybe $7,500. And she hid away maybe another two or uh, $2,500. You could use $5,000. So could I.
2: She wouldn't leave it to you. The
4: money's mine.
2: We'll see about that.
4: You won't even get into the house.
2: The police can.
4: Why do you keep bringing up the police.
2: Do you think they're satisfied that someone unknown murdered Mother?
4: Carol, look. Half the money, and you can have all that broken-down furniture. You call Miss Via. There's cash money somewhere in the house.
2: Your dowry for the widow. Oh,
4: lay off. We're friends, all. Oh,
2: it's nice to have one, isn't it?
4: You are a mighty bitter person, Not natural.
2: I think the shoes on the other foot. I care about the murder. You only care about that money. I hope it's never found.
4: I'll find it all right without any help from Veer or from you.
2: You remember Mr. Veer, dear? Of course. Hi, Mr. Veer.
1: How attractive you
2: are. Is this Dr. Regan? Of course. I remember the poison oak.
3: <laughs> my goodness, that was that was many years ago.
2: Carol, please sit down. Well, I wondered if I'd hear from you again, Mrs. Veer. You were so mysterious the last time we talked. Yes, I was. It's dangerous to suggest that someone is a murderer. I, I did tell my father you thought maybe he'd murdered my mother. Someone did. We know that. I want to catch that person. We need your help. I'll do anything. Now, you
1: won't be in danger, Carol. Dr. Regan's a police official, and we've spoken to the police in Boston
3: and in Lowell. Uh, We're cooperating with them.
2: My father has an alibi for the night of the murder. So is Johnny Moe. we
3: we know that, Carol, but somebody's guilty, and Mrs. Veer has worked out a scheme to trap whoever did it.
2: It was the money, wasn't it? I... Yes. Yes. Yes, your mother hid a substantial amount of cash, and... We know where it is. I know it's hard to believe, but your mother told me about the hiding place.
3: And I confirmed it this morning and left a note in the hiding place. You did? Mm.
1: Now, Laura, uh, from the beginning, tell Carol what
2: we wanted to do. I'm going to tell you where the money is hidden. But that's just what my father wants to know. He came to see me this noon and he wants me to talk to you about... Of course. Now, listen carefully. Everything depends on you, Carol. You have to give a performance. Depending on how well you perform, we'll not only recover the money, we'll trap a killer.
4: Well, my unnatural daughter. I thought you'd never want to see me again. I don't. Then run along, I'm going out to eat.
2: You don't care about the money?
4: What's that? Uh, come in. Well?
2: You wanted me to telephone Mrs. Veer.
4: You did? You come to your senses?
2: She said she'd tell me where the $10,000 are hidden if you'd make me a promise and keep it.
4: My word. She
2: doesn't think so.
4: What's the promise the old bat wants me to make?
2: Can I trust you?
4: What a question. I'm your father.
2: Ten thousand dollars is a big nest egg, and with the sale of the house...
4: What do you want? I already offered you half the money if we found it. You don't get no more.
2: I want your help to find out who murdered Mother.
4: What are you talking about? That's up to the police, and they've dropped the investigation.
2: Oh, no, they haven't. Someone who knew her smashed her on the head and cut her throat and left.
4: Johnny Moe and me was at the Copper Penny.
2: From what time on?
4: Well, you read it in the papers. What is all this? Why are you raking it all up?
2: Who got to the Copper Penny first? You and Johnny didn't come in together. Well, so what? Did you know that a neighbor of the widow's saw Johnny's car in her driveway around five o'clock?
4: That's a lie.
2: You don't know about the widow and Johnny. The handsome Johnny who's ten years younger than you are?
4: That won't work, kid. Johnny was with me from 530 on. Now you listen to me. The widow's a good woman. I'm going to marry
2: her. You mean you're going to buy her? Why would she pick you when there's Johnny? You st-
4: watch it. You think you're smart. The education? Yes. Yeah, but you're dumb, Carol. Real dumb. That slap in the face is nothing. You tell me where that money is or I'll wring your neck.
2: Not cut it.
4: Where's the money hidden? Tell me. Or so, help me. All
2: right. But, But I have to show you.
4: Tell me where it is. I can find it. No.
2: No, not until you promise to put up half the money as a reward to find the murderer.
4: You're crazy.
2: I mean it. Unless I tell you where it is. You'll never find it. And if you kill me, you'll never know.
4: Uh, okay. 5000 for the reward. I don't mind. Nobody will ever collect it. Now, talk.
3: When he slapped Carol, I
4: almost opened
1: the door. Is that dirty brute. he no. break. You got your revolver
3: in? Yeah, ready. There was a good guess about John Moore. Oh, shh, shh. out of sound. Out of sound. They can't see us. It's like a warehouse down here. Oh, there
4: he is. All right. Now where's the hiding place? Come on. I'll
2: let go of my arm.
4: Look here, I don't break it. Where is it?
2: Le- lift down that box up there.
4: Why? That's an nice old Christmas tree stand, busted. She's been thrown out years ago.
2: That's where the money is. Uh, I got it. <clears throat>
4: now cut the screen. An uh, oil skin bag. It's in there. Here, let me... Take your hands off. Look, Carol. The money.
2: What's that envelope?
4: Huh? Well, she's written on it. For Carol. Birth certificates, and will. Junk. Yeah.
2: How much is there?
4: Buckets. Wouldn't an old man spin in his grave if he saw me now? His money, and it's mine.
2: This, this envelope, it's, it's got a note in it. To whom it may concern. I expect to die a violent death. Clyde, Johnny Moe, and the widow plan to kill me for this money. Clyde won't do it. He's yellow. It will be Johnny or the widow who does it. The one that don't have an alibi. Clyde is a dumb fool. The widow is Johnny's woman. They'll double-cross him.
3: Give me that! Don't move, Clyde. I'm huh? a police official. Dr. Regan, hand over that piece of paper. Lord, are you You dead?
2: murdered men.
3: No. No, honest, No. Me and Johnny have was. alibis, and that leaves only one person who could have murdered men. Your neighbor, the widow. Was she? You no? Know? I...
4: How
3: did men know? The police have her in custody, Mr. Wilkins. An expert is searching her house and examining her clothing for bloodstains. You'd better talk.
2: The three of you conspire to commit this crime, and all of you will go to prison for life.
3: Thanks to an apparition. The apparition of Min Wilkins, who visited Mrs. Veer, who's now avenged her foul murder.
0: Perhaps in time, the three who conspired to murder Min Wilkins would have been apprehended. But passing time covers events with the dust of fading memories, and an unsolved murder would have been forgotten. Except for that apparition. Min came back from the grave to arouse her friend Laura Vere. A story of the macabre. I'll return shortly. We've come full circle from the appearance of a specter to the arrest of a murderous trio because Laura Vere possessed information that was impossible for her to attain. How did she acquire it? Out of thin air. Say she was attuned to it. All we know is that Mrs. Veer was avenged. Our cast included Ann Petoniak, Robert Dryden, Catherine Byers, and Joe Silver. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale.
4: Then I walked home, I and mean, it's only a couple of blocks. You can ask Jerry.
2: Jerry? Jerry's a receiver for stolen goods, a fence, a dope pusher. He and Joe must have been together in one shady deal after another. How can you believe Joe? If there's
4: anything I can do to help catch this wild animal... Ah, shut up. That, that, that killed that saint who was
2: my wife. You killed her. You killed her. All
3: right, Joe, that's all. That's all. You mean I can go? Just be available for questioning in case you need it. He's
2: walking out. You can't do that, Lieutenant. He's the killer. Don't let him get away with it. You can't. You can't. Hey, 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 Irma. What is it? What's the matter? He's going to get away with it. He's going to get away with murder. I can hear
0: you screaming all the way out front. Get a hold of yourself. He's getting away
2: with murder. No, please. No. He has to pay for it. Somebody has to make him pay for it.
0: Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Contact, the 12-hour cold capsule.